Welcome in everybody. Today is a bit of a milestone for us here at Under the Husk. It is our 10th episode in what we hope to be a long running series. Our viewership is through the roof. And as of writing this, we have 151 finishes and 19 unique listeners. If my math is correct, that mark far exceeds the number of owners in this league. I think the only possibility is that some of your lady friends have taken a liking to Gino's silky smooth laugh and are just gobbling up this content while they get their nails done. All jokes aside though, I think it is time for us to monetize this damn thing so that your beloved co-hosts can at the very least have their dues subsidized for the foreseeable future. With the playoff picture slowly coming into focus and winter creeping around the corner, some owners are scrambling to save both their crops and their chances at a year one championship. While trades have become a regular transaction within the league, I'd be remiss to remind you that the trade deadline is fast approaching. On Wednesday, December 1st at 11.45 p.m., the trade deadline will be upon us. By then, we will have a very good idea of the playoff bracket and can only hope for some last-second fireworks. But for now, it is business as usual. We plow the fields and we reap what we sow in hopes that one day we too can become the OG corn man. So, Gino, before we get into the week seven recaps, you got anything for a little bit of an introduction here? No introduction needed. I think uh, it's been a pleasure to be on this podcast. We're at the week seven recap, the week eight previews. The fade Gino five has just been ice cold for this guy. Um, and the guy to my left, the main host of the show, has been heating up. So I got to get better in that department. And I think a lot of teams, Tonelli, need to get better in the actual fantasy department. All right. Well, without further ado, the week seven recap is upon us, and we had some some very interesting results here. Uh, I'm just I'm looking at the scoreboard. There's one one that's standing out to me, but I'm gonna jump right in. Uh, the Iron Dome with a big win over JOS. We needed this one, got us to five and two. Little bit of breathing room in Israel, and a a pretty tough blow for JOS. Yep, this is a game that I wrongly predicted. Shocker. I felt that Patrick Mahomes was due for a monster game. The Titans defense apparently couldn't stop the JV suffering Mounties. Well, Pat Mahomes only puts up 8.24 points after not scoring below 21 all year. Not that it would have mattered, but JOS decided to start Ramondre Stevenson, who was inactive last Sunday. The three bright spots were Godwin, Pittman, and Waddle, but another loss for JOS sinks him to 1-6 on the year in Israeli cellar-dweller Jim. Much like the aforementioned, oh, I'm sorry, the Iron Dome keeps finding ways to win with CD and Marvin Jones on a bye. Sterling Shepard hurt. The Iron Dome was forced to start Amin Ross St. Brown and Michael Strakhan, however you pronounce his name. <laughs> Both of those players got a freaking goose egg. So the prediction was on pace, but the Iron Dome said, how about them apples? 54.18 points from the two sophomore quarterbacks, 54.2 from the um, young running backs that he has, throwing another 15 from Christian Kirk. There's another tally in the win column. Iron Dome, 5-2, second in Israeli, and gaining some breathing room. Yes, sir. Uh, our next matchup, uh, featuring Gino, the HHC beats Snake Eyes 143 to 52.19. You are not hearing that wrong. 52 bomb. And and you know what? Uh, 
that might be hard to top. Look, I felt this was one of the easier picks from last week. We both got this game right, mainly due to Nelly only having one quarterback. That one quarterback, Zach Wilson, only managed 2.04 points. Yikes. Outside of Travis Kelsey, the only person to score double digits for Tonelli was Chase Edmonds with a whopping 11.5. Miles Gaskin put up 18.2, but somehow left on the bench. Mm. Snake Eyes has now dropped five in a row, goo, after starting off the year 2-0. and Meanwhile, a much-needed win for yours truly. The party got started with some Dearness Johnson waiver wire corn, Jim. 27.8 would have been the team high if it weren't for a 31.1 three-touchdown performance from Mike Evans. Much needed win to avoid a two and five start. HHC came to play, putting up the third highest total of the week. Gino, if you guys can't hear this, Gino's got like a, a nice, tight recap here. Uh, he, he gave me a quick shot, me a quick glance. Didn't know where I was going with that. But uh, Gino is really on point today. We're very proud of him. And, it, and I'm sober. He's, he's sober. <laughs> Somehow, I think these two things might correlate. But uh, Gino really came to play today, and I think it's it's showing in the in the quality of the content. Yeah, uh, look, I, I do it for the boys. I don't do it for myself. I do it for the boys. So, well, our next matchup was as touted uh, the matchup of the week. And boy, did it live up to expectations. Evil Stevie taking down his older brother, Nadamagong Ju, 137 to 136. I mean, could you ask for anything else out of this uh, brotherly battle? This game was decided by only one kernel of corn, gentlemen. <laughs> Last week, I predicted the older Diaz brother to take care of the younger Diaz brother. I felt that the injuries to Kareem Hunt, DeMont, and Antonio Brown would finally catch up. Too evil, Stevie, but despite those injuries, the Stevie keeps on trucking along, proving all the doubters wrong. 48 points from his deadly quarterback duo and Kyler and Stafford, and a dominant, weak-winning performance from Damian Harris, who dropped 27.8 against the JETS. Evil Stevie leads all accord with a 6-1 record and sits alone atop of the Israeli division. Meanwhile, Nadamik and Jew got a solid 21-point night from Carson Wentz, even with Herbert on a bye. The running back group, though, was the weakness. Gibson, Darrell Williams, failed to break single digits, but the talk all season in the Diaz-Adler press box will be the decision to sit T. Higgins over Brandon Cooks. I understand Cooks has been productive, but this decision actually decided the game. Higgins outscored Cooks by six points, which would have given NJ the win and approved him to three and four. Better luck next week. Yeah, that one is going to haunt NJ probably for the rest of the season if he, might, if he, if he can't make the playoffs. Um Next matchup was a bit of a stinker. Uh, I think we projected that. I'm not really sure. I, I don't have the notes from last week in front of me, but Molly Jew, yep. 107, Z Phantoms, 98. I believe that gave him the cover, Z Phantoms, but either way, it was a, it was a stinky matchup. And uh, I think the biggest takeaway for me in this one is Molly Jew's team is disappointing. <laughs> well, Jim, this is a game we disagreed on. And what do you know? I was on the wrong side of it again. I thought with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Dalvin Cook all on a bye, there was not enough firepower for Motley Jew. I was correct in that department, at least. Terrible outputs from Davis Mills, Juwan Johnson, and Marcus Callaway as they all failed to crack six points. But as a great William H. Delaney just said, win, baby, just win. No one asks how when you get to victory at the end of the day. This was a massive win for Motley Jew as he proves to 3-4 and four and find himself back in playoff contention. For the Phantoms, I thought the Sam Darnold-DJ Moore connection would feast against the G-Men. Instead, I mushed it into oblivion as they managed only 15 points. But if he was active, 
Brian Edwards could have won this matchup as he outscored both Rondell Moore and Brandon Ayuk by more than 10. Phantoms is 2-5, and five, and the first-year tank is marching on. Yep, couldn't have said it better myself. The next matchup that we have here from last week was an absolute thriller. Uh, it featured the two top scoring teams. Uh, so Sanchez, I am sorry to tell you, you would have beaten anybody else last week. And it came down to a Monday night DJ Dallas performance. He needed three points and he did not get a single touch, <laughs> I believe. I don't think he saw the field. That is a shame. But these two teams, in my opinion, I think it would be shocking to me if they both didn't find a way out of Palestine. I agree, Jim. We were correct in our predictions last week as we both felt EP would be victorious. Look, it's well stated. Deshaun likes his happy endings, but this game might go down as one of the happiest endings in all of corn. Well done. Eckler, Zeke, Josh Allen, all on a vibe. I didn't see Sanchez keeping this game close, but within striking distance, entering Monday night, only down 3.39. Newly acquired DJ Dallas, the answer to the prayer? I think not. Absolute bagel. Not too much to worry about, though, as the, uh, the boats can look past this nightmare. Uh, of a bye week, and he's only four and three for the parlor. This win improved him to five and two with a share for the lead in the Palestine divisions. The wide receivers were first to strike early as Devontae, Calvin, and Terry all found the end zone on Sunday night. Both running backs eclipsed 19.2. Jalen Hurts does not get enough, does not get enough love. He has not scored less than 21 points all year and managed 25 points even with the Eagles playing from catch up for most of that contest. So good win for EP. Yeah, and just a quick note on that Jalen Hurts thing. You watch him play, and it is fucking brutal. I know fantasy-wise he's been awesome, very consistent, but, like, he's bad. He's bad, but he's good in fantasy. Yeah, no, he's good in fantasy, but I I don't know from a dynasty standpoint if he's going to be playing football next year. Yeah. We'll see, I don't think he will be for the Eagles. But anyway, that's besides the point. Our final matchup, we almost saw the inevitable, or not the inevitable, the unthinkable uh, become the inevitable. Uh, the Shrimp almost found a way to win with no quarterbacks. Uh, he fell to Cosmic Gumbo 120 to 115. But I think if this shows you anything, these guys are here to play for the Shrimp. 100%. This game was also a Monday Night Clencher and proved to be closer than anyone expected. With no quarterbacks in the lineup and a massive 30-point underdog, the Shrimp was leading this battle late into Monday night. Things got more interesting with DK Metcalf breaking an 80-yard bomb, but the nautical gods did not grant the Shrimp a win this week as Jameis Winston and Alvin Kamara came up huge for the gumbo. Nevertheless, even with three starters on a bye, this is a reminder for every corn man, do not sleep on the Shrimp. Shrimp falls to 4-3, and three, currently sitting on the last playoff spot, but there are many games left and many seas that need to be traveled. If the shrimp does not find a quarterback soon, he might falter. For the gumbo, it might not have been an easy win, but you got the job done. Only 5.2 points from your prize possession, Jimmy G. It also looks like Miles Sanders might miss some time. So a lot to be sorted out here, but gumbo looks the part thus far. Yep, and that's all from last week. Uh, I, I think it was a very big week for teams to try to separate themselves from the pack. Uh, The wild card race does seem to have a lot of intrigue to it. I think there's, you know, 60% of our league is between three and four and four and three. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that all pans out. Um, But that is all for the recap. We did not see any trades 
uh, for the first time in a long time this week, but there were a few swaps of some big name players on the waiver wire. Uh, the two notable transactions, the snake eyes dropped Keenan Allen and Iron Dome went ahead and added him for the same price. Uh, Tonelli is very uh, upset with Keenan Allen's performance this season. He has been traded and dropped in the two leagues that he is in. <laughs> I won't say his record in both leagues. It's not good, Jim. <laughs> but I, I I like his outlook this year and moving forward. He's tied to a fantastic quarterback. I don't believe he's ever finished outside of wide receiver one territory in his career. Um, and he had a bye last week, so I think they uh, they might have gotten it figured out. And in that transaction, the Iron Dome had to drop George Kittle. He was an unfortunate cap casualty. The Phantoms went ahead and added him for $37. I think that's a great value. I hate to see him go, but the guy just can't stay on the field. And I, I had to fill gaps elsewhere on my, on my roster. So uh, those were the big transactions. Um, hopefully we see more as teams decide whether they're going to be buyers and, and sellers at the deadline. Mm-hmm. So week eight, preview. Uh, our first matchup, Boats and Youngho, is coming in against Motley Jew as a 14-point favorite. The four and three Boats are taking on the three and five Motley Jew for a critical battle in Palestine in what is being called the first Jewish civil war on Palestinian soil. Sandy's lineup looks very strong this week in what will be a very QB-heavy lineup. Uh, with question marks about Saquon and that game being on Monday night, I have to imagine that he gets subbed out or uh, Motley has huge seeds. Uh, my, my prediction in this one, Sanchez covers 145 to 125. I'm going to agree with you there, Jim. Uh, I think Sanchez gets a lot of his much-needed horses back, including Josh Allen, red hot, coming off a bye. Taking on the Miami Dolphins defense, who are allowing the second most points to QBs. That's the good news. Bad news from a quarterback situation. Tom Brady, although he's been scorching, gets to take on the Saints, who are allowing the fourth fewest points. You still have to give a slight edge to Sanchez here over Dak and Tannehill. I'm not really worried about Dak's calf strain. I think he should be fine. But I'm skeptical about Tannehill. I know the Titans have been rolling. uh, But to be honest, through seven weeks, only two games with more than 20 points for Tannehill. For the running backs, it's relatively even. I know Sanchez is only rolling out two, but those guys are studs. Austin Eckler, Zeke, um, they're both coming off a bye, so they both be should be well-rested. Eckler, the week before his bye, put up nine, which was the lowest of his year uh, So thus far. I expect a 20-point week. For the Motley Jew, don't think Saquon Barkley is going to play, so he'll probably sub in Khalil Herbert, who has been good, um, although does get a relatively tough matchup against the Niners. Dalvin Cook, I like him also coming off a bye. He should be well-rested. Expect anywhere from 15 to 20. And then Chuba Hubert, if he doesn't score, I don't see him breaking uh, the 10-point mark. He's not Christian McCaffrey. I don't think anyone is Christian McCaffrey. Where this game is going to be ultimately decided, though, for the boats is this really, really strong wide receiver group. Cooper Cup continues to dominate. Uh, We saw him today on Twitter wearing a Grateful Dead shirt, so even more props to him. I think he's going to annihilate this Houston Texans defense. I mean, I think you, to be honest with you, Nicholson, could annihilate this Houston Texans defense. A.J. Brown finally got the ball rolling. If he has a good day, it's going to cannibalize some of Tannehill's production, which is really vital in this matchup. 
Uh, he scored 25.8, his uh, season high thus far last week against the Chiefs. I expect another 20-point week. Uh, and if Julio Jones is hobbled and isn't 100%, look for the Titans to pepper him with targets. Uh, for Motley Jew, not a lot to like on the wide receiver position outside of Amari Cooper. I know Corderell has been nice, but again, if he doesn't score, I can't see him breaking that 15-point mark. Khalif Raymond, he's been kind of up and down uh, these past few weeks. He's been pretty good, but again, I just don't think it's going to be enough firepower. Motley Jew is going to need about 140 points, and I just don't see it happening. I really like the addition of Zach Ertz to Arizona, and I think that gives Boats a boost. Give me Boats 148, give me Motley Jew 122, cover. Yeah, I, uh, I it's always it's always a little bit um, nerve wracking when we agree because <laughs> uh, because you know how that goes. But I think there's some matchups that, you know, inevitably it just makes sense. I'll say one thing. We had Du Schwartz on the podcast last week. Great guest. Great guy. He was shit talking Sanchez. So don't think for one second Sanchez didn't, you know, take that bulletin board material and say, well, you know, guess what? I get all my studs back and I get to play you and Stein. Bye bye. So no, he's gonna have the boys fired up. He's they're gonna, gonna be they're gonna be doing all sorts of chants and stuff from the Torah. Jumping on tables. Uh, yeah. Our next matchup, Cosmic Gumbo comes in as a seven point favorite against the Phantoms. Uh, this is a battle of first versus last in Palestine. Uh, Andrew can keep pace with his brother and hopefully establish some breathing room in the division. Uh, in a matchup that sees arguably the grossest four QBs of all time. I will take Gumbo 130, Phantoms 110. I'm going to agree with you on the win. I'm going to agree with you on the cover. Uh, to be honest with you, I just think Brad is going to tell his team on Sunday morning, hey, guys, we don't want to win. Um, he's rolling out Sam Darnold, who, geez, I mean, talk about seeing ghosts. He just did not look well uh, in MetLife, and now he has a, a nice matchup against the Falcons, but I think it's just hard to trust him. And same thing with Justin Fields. Um Look, he got sacked, what, like nine, ten times, turned the ball over three, four times last week. Um, I don't care who he's playing, and he's playing a ferocious defensive line. You can't trust those guys. I'd be shocked if combined they score more than 30. Um, and as stinky as the Geno Smith, Jameis Winston starting um, combo is for the gumbo, considering the strength of the rest of his team, um, I kind of like Geno Smith against the Jaguars, and I think the Saints actually find a way to beat the Bucks at home. So I think those two guys are actually sneaky flyers this week in other leagues. Um, moving down, massive, massive advantage for the gumbo in the running back department. Derrick Henry, I don't think we even have to go into an explanation. He's going to eat. Historically, he dominates the Colts, and he will again. Um, Alvin Kamara, I mentioned before with Jameis Winston. I think the Saints win, and if that logic holds true, Alvin Kamara is going to be a weapon. Uh, he had 100 yards last year, last week receiving, so expect him to be involved both through the ground and through the air. On the other side is the Phantoms. I talked about it last week. I like the young talent at the running back position, especially Javante Williams. Uh, I just can't really trust him this week. I know he's going up against the, the R-words, uh, the Washington R-words, that is. Um, I just don't see him breaking the 15-point mark. Wide receiver gets a little bit more even as Deontay Johnson comes off a bye. Um, I think D.J. Moore should have a better week than he did last week, but really the focus is on Jamar Chase, who's runaway rookie of the year, and is taking on the Jets. So that's going to be a disaster. But on the other side, you have Tyreek Hill, who is just kind of waiting to blow up, and it might be a Monday night game uh, against the Giants at home that he does it. Uh, Allen Robinson, again, kind of waiting to blow up and break out of his shell. But if he has a good game, that could also cannibalize some of the Justin Fields production. 
Um, Mark Andrews right now still on the bench, uh, still in the starting lineup, even though he's on a bye. So we have to get that corrected, Gumbo. Yeah, um, I'm just uh, I'm just taking a look. Sorry, the, uh, he has now changed that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but he still has Mark Andrews. Yeah, there so. on the bench. MVS is is out. <coughs> Mark Andrews still on the bench, but Moelle Cox is is on that bench, and I think so. It, it, it should when, when it comes down to it, it should probably be like a twenty three point. Uh, yeah, spread. I, I think Mo Ali Cox is a touchdown uh, dependent tight end, and he has been streaky of late. So he has been scoring touchdowns, and I think Wentz really likes him. Certainly around that goal line, uh, we've all seen how uh, much offenses have feasted on the Titans secondary. So I, I like him to score. Uh, I also forgot to mention Mike Williams coming off a bye. I know he was banged up pre-bye, had a really bad week against the Ravens. This week, expect him to show up in a big way. And on the other side of the Phantoms, I mean, I like Hunter Henry. I like Dallas Goddard. I like what they're doing. But very similar to the previous matchup with Motley Jew, I just don't think it's going to be enough firepower. I like Gumbo 133. I like Phantoms 113, 20-point win. All right. You heard it here with two agreements. Two agreements. This is terrifying. <laughs> uh, moving on. Ndamukong Ju coming in as a 27-point favorite over Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes? I mean, I, I think that that is crazy probably in any matchup, but when you got a guy coming off a 52-point performance, I think Vegas is just going to have to. Their algorithm is going crazy here. I think there's probably value on either side if you want to bet on it because we're in uncharted waters. So we have a battle of two and five teams here. Uh, so you have to think that this one can either propel you forward into that wild card race or take the wind out of your sails. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I think there's a couple matchups like this this week. I personally am going to take Nadamakong 137, Snake Eyes 112. I don't believe that gets the cover. It's close, but uh, there's some... Uh, there's some question marks in Tonelli's lineup and, um, you know, Herbert and Rodgers. It's kind of... It's kind of it. Yeah. That's all I got to say. I mean, to give Tonelli more than 100 points is a lot. Um, but, hey, I, I commend you for it. Um, you know, starting off here in this one, I think this is the stinker of the week as both um, teams are 2-5. and five. Despite their record zone, Adamic and Jew has scored 283 more points than Snake Eyes. That's essentially two weeks of 140 points. Um, it looks like the lady luck is starting to wear off for the Snake Eyes. As we jump into the quarterback perspective, you said it, Rodgers gets things started tonight or whenever you're listening, but he, he is without his top wide receiver in Devontae Adams. And the cards have been very stingy against the quarterbacks, but Herbert rested off a bye, red hot, does have a pretty tough matchup against the Pats. Regardless, you still have to side with this team. With two quarterbacks, um, I expect a solid game from Kirk Cousins. He's been pretty productive through the first six weeks. He had a bye last week. Um, so I expect 25 points against a pretty vulnerable uh, Dallas secondary. But really after that, I, I mean, look at the hits. and they're, they're coming hard. Chase Edmonds hasn't scored a touchdown. So right now he's projected 10. I think he gets that. Uh, we're he's getting one this week. Tonight? We'll Tonight. see. We'll see, Jim. Uh, Mike Davis scored a whopping, what, 1.5, 1.8 last week. I just I find it hard to trust him again, regardless of who they play. Miles Gaskin, nice to see him back in the lineup, but he has the daunting, hungry, rested Bills defense coming off a bye. So I think that 10 points is uh, a little high. 
On the other side, we talked last week how Daryl Williams and Antonio Gibson just didn't get it done. Um, but kind of like their matchups this week, you saw that um, Denver Broncos defense get absolutely shredded on the ground last week uh, by uh, Dearness Johnson. And I think Antonio Gibson finds some, some room to run. Darrell Williams playing the Giants might sneak into the end zone. As we get into the wide receivers, Julio Jones for the Snake Eyes banged up. Elijah Moore, who's he have thrown to him? Oh, I think it's Jason Steinman. And then Tim Patrick. I mean, again, with Jerry Judy coming back and some other options, including Noah Fant, who the Snake Eyes also have. Um, I just don't think you can give, project, I should say, Tim Patrick more than 10 or 12 points. On the other side, Brandon Cooks is getting back his quarterback. So Jason Steinman's not throwing the ball to Brandon Cooks, and Tyrod Taylor is. Um, he has a tough matchup against the Rams. They should be playing catch-up. Going up against his old team, though, he might want to show something. T. Higgins going up against the Jets. That game could get out of hand, but I'll still give him about 10 to 12. Debo Samuel has been a rock all year, um, and I expect that to continue against the Bears, who got absolutely gashed last week. Uh, Cortland Sutton has been productive as well, but really it's funny because Travis Kelsey has projected six more points than Mike Gusecki. I think Mike Gusecki outproduces him. Uh, Mike Gusecki has been a stud all year. Uh, even when Tua went down, even when Tua went back in the lineup, he does have the Bills, which are, it's not a great matchup, but they could be They're playing They're going to be from, throwing, though. But they could be playing from behind, right? And I like that. And Kelsey, I just, the whole Chiefs offense has really not been that great this year. Could this be the week where he puts up two touchdowns against the Giants? Sure, as I, you know, mush him into oblivion. But I just think that Kelsey is a little bit overvalued in this league and Gusecki's a little bit undervalued in this league. Cr- certainly. Crazy stat that I'm stealing yeah. from someone. I don't know who, but... The Dolphins have the highest pass rate in the entire NFL right now. That's crazy. It is absolutely insane. I mean, they're passing the most frequently? Yes. Okay, yeah, well, that's probably because they're- 70% of their plays. And that's probably because they're behind. Um, You look at the only week that they won was the week one against the Patriots. Mike Gusecki, zero points. Um, Since then, they've lost every single game and they've been throwing. So that could be a yeah, reason it makes why. Sense. But they're just like, you know, last year their identity was hammer the ball and, and play defense. good defense. Yeah, and turn they the ball just over. completely switched. Correct. And I mean, that's what a year could do for you. Also last year too, not to get into it, they had a lot of turnovers. So that really helped their offense and, and put their defense in good situations. But anyway, Gusecki, back-to-back weeks with 20 plus points. Uh, Travis Kelsey, you know the last time he scored 20 was week two. So Ooh. I'm actually going to give the edge to every single position group to Nadamik and Jew. I think Tonelli flirts with 100, but just to fuck around with him, I'm going to give him 99.7. I think Ndamukong Juice covers comfortably. Give me 127 to 99.7. Okay, well, we, we've agreed now on all these matchups. Something's got to give. I think, I mean, there's a lot of lopsided battles yeah. uh, for sure. I think we'll disagree on our matchup. Oh, I'm sure we'll we get will. there soon. Next, uh, JOS is coming in against mm-hmm. Evil Stevie, who is a 17-point favorite. This is another battle of first versus last in the division, this one coming in Israel. Uh, the clock is ticking for JOS as this season has really gotten away from them. Um, call it bad luck, but things are getting out of hand. Mm-hmm. I assume they will be plugging in J. I have J Law here, but it's T Law, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Wait, you watch Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, I mean, my like head's it? in the wrong place. <laughs> Although uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of looks like a chick, you can make it work. Yeah, blonde, too. yeah, southern, nice. Anyway, okay. he's got a, he's got a, or they have a solid matchup versus Seattle. Uh, give me J O S in a shocker in what looks like a matchup with many question marks on both sides. Uh, one fifteen to one twelve. Oh my 
can't believe we're going to do this. And it's going to be four in a row. You're agreeing. Wow. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I could disagree halfway through the analysis. But after his lowest performance of the season, Pat Mahomes will look to get things rolling against the Giants on Monday night. The Big Blue D is middle of the road against QBs. So while Mahomes should exceed single digits, I don't expect a monster performance with Carr on a bye. JOS will turn to Trevor Lawrence as the fighting Urban Myers travel to Seattle. Again, not expecting anything massive as he only has exceeded 20 points once. For Evil Stevie, he gets the party started tonight with Kyler Murray Thursday night against the Packers. Kyler's been consistent all year. There's no denying that and should produce. But listen, he has not crossed a 30-point mark since week two. Stafford, on the other hand, who's had consecutive weeks above 25 points, gets a cupcake matchup against the Texans. Lean, Evil Stevie. JOS gets a slide. Najee Harris back in the lineup, and that is a much-needed boost. This young rookie is proving to be matchup-proof, scoring 20-plus points in four straight weeks. Also, look at James Conner, who has scored six touchdowns in five games. I have a feeling he finds the end zone again on Thursday night. And while it is not declared, I think JOS will start Zach Moss, who actually has a nice matchup against the Dolphins, as Miami is allowing the 12th most points to RBs. Looks like Stevie is only rolling out two running backs, but they are actually both pretty solid options. The first one, Kenny Gainwell, shag well by name, shag very well by reputation, is now the de facto number one in Philly. And for those of you who have not been paying attention, the Lions are allowing the fourth most points to running backs. For as much love as the Chargers defense gets, they're actually allowing the third most points to running backs. That's why I really like Damian Harris, if the pass could keep it close, it's a big if, lean to JOS here. Evil Stevie is running into more injuries at the wide receiver position. A.B. doubtful. Hollywood on a bye. Claypool still banged up. and AB's done. A.B.'s out until the bye, at least. Yeah, said. yeah, he's not playing. Hollywood's on a bye. Claypool and Galladay are questionable, but they're still nicked up. At this point, you're relying on really big games from Hopkins, which could happen. But keep in mind, he has not cracked 90 yards all year. Uh, and in order to justify Russell Gage on any week, he needs to find the end zone. Meanwhile, J.O.S. has Chris Godwin in a top 10 matchup against the Saints. Pittman in a top five matchup against the Titans and Waddle. Rough matchup against Buffalo, but what did we just say? He's going to be involved because the game's going to get out of hand. Miami's going to throw the ball. Lean here, JOS. Now, Gronk is expected back, but how much will he be involved? For what it's worth, the Saints are allowing the fourth fewest points to tight ends. Meanwhile, after, after hyping Higby up last week, I think he finally comes through this week. Check this out. The Texans have been getting torched by tight ends, allowing touchdowns to tight ends in four straight weeks. I hate to keep fading him, and I hate to keep agreeing with you because Keith is going to prove us wrong. But give me JOS to beat the top dog, Evil Stevie, 142-124. Wow, in in a blowout. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. In your opinion, would you say that Evil Stevie is a fraud? <sighs> I think he is a first-year 6-1 and one fraud. I think he should be... Four and three. He's gotten lucky with the points against, and he's got lucky with some really close Monday night wins. Hollywood a few weeks back, last week, for example. So I sit there at three and four, say I should be the same record as uh, six and one Evil Stevie. But yeah, I think he's a fraud. All right, Jim. Thank you for that. Fraud. <laughs> uh, our next matchup, or. The co-hosts do battle. Uh, the Iron Dome is coming in as a 13-point favorite against the Hasidic Hair Curlers. This is our second battle of the year, uh, the first of which saw Iron Dome win by 37 points. That yeah, was an ass-kicking. I believe that while the repeat may not be a 
beat down. I do believe that my team is on quite the roll. We got some shiny new toys that we're plugging in. Uh, Keenan Allen joining the squad. We're getting arrested CD Lamb back. We're getting arrested Marvin Jones back. Christian Kirk has been great. He's very quietly a top 20 wide receiver this year. Mm-hmm. And then the quarterbacks. I, I, I can't say enough about Joe Burrow and Tua. I think I'm going to put up a really good week this week. Uh, I am going to take the Iron Dome 151, Hasidic Hair Curlers 141. Wow, you give me 141 with uh, some banged up pieces and Lamar Jackson on a bye. Lamar, who is the number two ranked. Just want it to be close for the people. Oh, I think it's close, but I don't know about 140, Jim. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the number two ranked quarterback in all of corn on a bye. I'm forced to start my two veterans. Uh, I like Teddy against the Washington bad guys as they're allowing the most points to QBs. I don't know what to think about Tyrod and don't have high expectations, um, but him healthy is obviously a, a, an improvement for my lineup. Burrow has been surging. The only thing I could say is that, that if this game gets out of hand and is decided by the second half, he might not play. Um, going with Tua, you mentioned he's going to be passing a lot, but the Bills have been very, very good against opposing quarterbacks. Um, so I don't see a, a very high ceiling. I'll say maybe 18 to 20 points. Uh, but small lean, regardless, for the Iron Dome. We are both only trotting out two running backs, I believe. Daryl Henderson had his worst performance of the season, but is slated to tee off against the Texans. Yeah, he's going to have a big one. I like that. Uh, Nick Chubb expected to return, but tough challenge against those stout Steelers. But the lean here, again, is going with Iron Dome. Joe Mixon really has a dream matchup against the Jets. They're getting absolutely torched by running backs, allowing the most points per game, according to the corn. Um, DeAndre Swift also has a pretty juicy matchup as the Philadelphia Eagles and their atrocious linebacking core is allowing the fifth most fantasy points to I think backs. the uh, I think the Lions get their first win this week. I do too. And if that means Lions win, that means Swift's going to be involved because uh, you saw what he could do when they're not winning. Um, I'm going to give myself the positional advantage for the wide receivers. Um, but again, it's not a slam dunk. You, you get to test out your new shiny toy, Keenan Allen, and you also get CD and Marvin Jones back from a bye. You mentioned it before, Christian Kirk has been solid all year, and the Cards offense is pretty lethal, so they could explode any week. I just do not like any of those matchups, though, as most uh, defenses that they're facing are in the bottom half of points allowed to the position. Meanwhile, I have Stephon Diggs off a bye against Miami, who are allowing the third most points to receivers. Woods playing the Texans, Boyd playing the Jets, and Mike Evans who has scored the six most points for all wide receivers, takes on the Saints. And while I know the Saints are really good against the run, they're allowing the 10th most points to wide receivers. I think my guys have a higher chance of a blow up. Not a huge difference here at the tight end. Uh, I had to pick up CJ Uzama. Uzama? Uh, so oh, you can kind of negate my my burrow corn if he if he catches a touchdown. Yeah, yeah I mean, 10 points, I'll be happy. And then you're starting out uh, Robert Tunyon tonight, I believe. So again, you know, seven. Wide 10. receiver one. one. I mean, he could score. So if he scores, no, no Tunyon, or sorry, yeah. no Elizard, no Devante, and yep. no MVS. I think around the goal line is where he's going to be the most valuable. So again, if he if he finishes three catches, Give twenty me, yards, and a yeah, touchdown, four for forty in a tid, right? Uh, that's productive, and I think that beats my guy CJ Uzama. Um, I think the absence of Lamar Jackson is really the difference maker here. This will be back and forth, closely contested. Uh, I'm going to come to play, but at the end of the day. I got to give you the win. Iron Dome, 133, HHC, 125. We have agreed on five straight games. I think I think 
I, I know what you did there. I respect it. You got to do what you got to do. Reverse man. mush? Hey, that's not the reverse mush. That's just a classic Geno mush. I, I respect it. I, okay. you, you, you're using your powers. You're wielding them, but fuck yourself. Well, All right. Our last matchup, and I what I believe is the matchup of the week, features the shrimp coming in as a 14-point favorite. I believe, I believe that is his first game as a favorite this season uh the disrespect has been real but he's taking on deshaun's massage parlor the upstart shrimp taking on a five and two powerhouse dmp uh this matchup has the potential to give the winning team second place in palestine if the cards fall the right way for the first time this season as i said before the shrimp has the ability to start two QBs, which actually now that I'm looking at it, he he's not going to be able to do because Baker, I can't imagine he's playing this week. Uh, so he'll be rolling out the combo. He might actually start both guys. Just no, no, that, that wouldn't make sense. What is it? Mike White? Mark White? What's his Mike name? Mike White. Yeah. Mike, Mike White is going to be trotting out. I think he's going to dump off. And, and kind of relevant to my matchup, I'm considering putting in Michael Carter because I think he's going to catch 10 balls on Sunday. Anyway, I'm taking the shrimp in a very, very close one that is going to shake up the Palestine division. The shrimp, 132. DMP, 126. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think we might have agreement again, Jim. (laughs) I think we're going six for six. Look, at this moment in time, we don't know if Baker will suit up. Even if he does, I find it hard to trust him. I think Mike White's going to be the starter there. So let's just pencil in 10 and pray for anything more than that. Uh, for the parlor, though, I talked about it earlier. Jalen Hurts is actually leading all the corn man in points. He has not scored less than 21 points and now plays the Lions, who are allowing the 11th most to QBs. He's QB1 in corn? He's QB1 in corn. He's Jesus. a fantasy gem. And for Matt Ryan, I know he's an old bastard who should get the Lee Corso treatment here soon. But if you take out the week one disaster, he has actually averaged 20.2 points per week. And I love the matchup, too, against Carolina. Big lean here for EP. For the running backs, I think this one will be close, but I'm giving the slight advantage to the shrimp. James Robinson, James Robinson rested off a bye, takes on Seattle. They're allowing the second most points to fantasy running backs. Uncle Lenny has not scored less than 19 points in the past four weeks. Unbelievable, but does draw a tough assignment against the Saints as they've surrendered the fourth fewest points to RBs. With Devontae Adams out, we talked about it earlier, the Packers could rely on Aaron Jones, especially around the goal line. Um, I think Elijah Mitchell and Jonathan Taylor are legitimate workhorses for their respective teams, but again, I'm going to give a slight, slight lean to the shrimp. The wide receiver battle is very, very interesting and took a wild turn. Devontae Adams inactive really puts a parlor in the bind, a shrimp bind, that is. The matchups for McLaurin and Ridley are less than ideal, as both are going against top 10 defenses when it comes to fewest points allowed two wide receivers per game. Quez Watkins is really a prayer who I don't think is going to get answered. Uh, He hasn't scored. He scored, I'm sorry, single digits every week besides one. So again, it's a prayer and I don't think it's going to be answered. Meanwhile, the Vikings wide receiver duo for the shrimp is rested and taking on a very susceptible Cowboys secondary who's allowed the fifth most points to wide receiver. It gets better though for the shrimp as Metcalf plays the Jags lean shrimp. Interestingly enough, that that Jags Seahawks matchup is like a three and a half point line, which 
Who would have who would have projected that? I think it's because Jags are on a bye. Geno Smith is terrible. And if it's 17, 13, 17 No, it's 14, the right line. But yeah. could you imagine having seen that oh. line at the beginning of the season? With Mr. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> I a, actually could see the Jags winning that game. Same, same. But it's Herb. So we'll see. Herb. Herby. Uh, for the tight ends, it's hard to ignore the play of Kyle Pitts in recent weeks. He's been putting up some gaudy numbers, 27 and 24 respectively, and making some incredible catches in the process. However, I do really like the matchup of TJ Hawkinson as we talked about the Eagles allowing the six most points to tight end. I think the Lions find a way to win. I call this matchup a push for the tight ends. But overall, the quarterback situation has haunted the shrimp and it is the spooky season. However, I think he finds a way to win. Shrimp, 128. Parlor, 117. Shrimp, come on over and uh, let's make a trade. I got a bunch of QBs. I can I can deal you one and, and you might be able to make a playoff push, so. Just come in and talk. We, we started the conversations. I, I wish we can continue them. Uh-huh. That is all for the Week 8 preview show. We don't have anyone on this week for Stand Your Ground, but we have a verbal commitment from the shrimp for next week. I also know that there is some talk of a potential double matchup Stand Your Ground between Evil Stevie and... Boats and Youngho, they, they have a, a big pivotal matchup next week, and they talked about potentially coming on and, and standing their ground against each other. So, wow, Shrimp, you might get the boot, but we'll keep you in tow. We'll figure it out. But well, next if, week, we will have someone, and it'll be good content. So. If Shrimp responded to his text earlier, he will be right here with us. But hey, look, Shrimp, I love you. Um, you know, we'll get you on. Don't worry. There's there's plenty of Shrimp to go around. We will. We will. Okay. Finally. Our last segment, your favorite segment, the money maker, the money loser, depending on who you back. Uh, just a quick recap of week seven. Oh, God. I went one and one. Uh, the Packers, minus seven and a half, slammed. Falcons, I took them minus two and a half on Thursday. The line did go to one and a half, and they co- they covered that. But I will take my L because I locked it in on Thursday, and that is what we do here at the Fade Geno 5 Factory. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I went one and one. Geno went 0 and 2 in an abysmal performance. Panthers, minus two and a half. You know how that one turned out. Sammy Dick showed up. And uh, Niners, minus four. You know how like that the, turned out. I like the Niners. I mean, if you watch that game, the first drive, they march down the field and score. You're like, oh, this is going to be a blowout, especially with the rain. That was, I'll tell you what, that, and I'm not saying this because I'm biased, yeah. that weather and that game was a Trey Lance game. He would it have was. ran all over the it's field. It's just a Kyle Shanahan game to run He's and to play good defense. Kyle I just, Shanahan. I don't know what they did after that first drive. So if you backed me, which I'm sure none of you did, I'm sorry. Uh, If you faded me, which I'm sure all of you did, you're welcome. Yeah, so the current tally as it stands after week seven, uh, I am nine and three. Gino is four and eight. So I'm going to go ahead and get things started for you this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, My first pick not square, as Gino would typically say of me. Uh, I am taking the Lions plus three and a half. Um, What can I say here? I think it's time for the Lions to get their first win. I've uh, watched a lot of Eagles football. Don't ask me how or why, but I I have. Um, And they're just not good. Like, I think they're bad. They don't have a good defense. They don't have a good offense. There's some good fantasy assets in there, but they're not great. So give me the Lions plus three and a half. I love that you're getting that field goal, but I I think they could win. And I think if you're looking to get a little spicy, you could throw a money line into a lay. Uh, My next pick, Chargers minus four 
against the Patriots. Um, they're at home. They're coming off a bye. And I, I mean, those two things alone give me good reason to bet them at anything under a touchdown. But they're getting four points, certainly. I, I mean, I don't really understand this line. Is is there an injury that I'm missing? I'm not really sure. But it, it doesn't, to me, make much sense. The Chargers have been good this year. The Patriots have been eh. And they're going across the country against a well-rested team. I like the minus four. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I like both of those, to be honest with you. We talk. I think the Lions do get their first win. Uh, and the Chargers... Uh, that's a great pick. It probably would have been mine. Um, obviously, I am second uh, in the standings, so I can't pick first. But you're right. Going East Coast to West Coast is tough. And the Pats have only played really well in Foxborough. So getting out of there is not good. But again, what you guys have been all waiting for, I will start off with the Saints plus four against the Bucks. I think the Saints find a way to win this game outright, but I do love the plus four. Um, you're saying if it's at a neutral site, it should be minus seven. And if the Bucks were home, it's minus 10. I just think that's a little too much. Uh, the only bad part about this game is the Saints are playing on a short week, traveling all the way home. But again, it's at home. Now you think about last year, there was zero uh, noise and zero crowd for the Bucks when they traveled to the Superdome and they actually lost their first game of the season there. They actually lost their second game against the Saints at Tampa Bay. So I think the Bucks struggle uh, against the Saints. I think the Bucks struggle in the Superdome. It's gonna be loud. Those offensive uh, audibles that they're gonna make at the line of scrimmage might not be there. Maybe some false start penalties. I just really like the Saints defense, what they're doing. And I think they keep it close. I think they stop the run and just force Brady to throw. That could be bad because Brady's pretty good, apparently. Um, but I think the Saints find a way to win. Give me the Saints outright 27-24. Um, as long as they keep the Bucks under 27, 28 points, they should find a way to win. If they get into a shootout, it might be tough. They have to win the time possession battle, which I think they will. Now, the second game I was going back and forth with, uh, I was going to throw the Bengals in there, but that's just square Geno. Um, I was going to throw the Bills in there. Again, that's just square Geno. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a little sharp here. Um, oh boy, here we go. I'm gonna go a little sharp here. I like the Giants plus ten against the Chiefs. Now the past week wow. I bet against the Giants and they won outright against the Panthers. It's ten. It's ten. Okay. A few weeks back, um, I said bet your life savings on the Saints against the Giants, and the Giants went into the Superdome and beat them. Um, this. Is, is pretty simple in my opinion. Um, at a neutral, this is seven, and if the Giants were home, it'd be around four. Now it's in Kansas City, in Arrowhead, which is historically a pretty tough place to play. Um, here's my opinion. I just don't think the Chiefs are that good on either side of the ball right, right now. Um, so to get 10 points against anyone, whether that's the Giants, the Titans, the Jets, um, Jets are maybe a different story. Um, I just don't like it at all. Meanwhile, the Giants last week proved to me that they could play defense against anyone, and I think defense travels. Now, granted, it was against Sam Darnold, um, but I just don't think they're going to get lit up for 40. And if you look how badly Patrick Mahomes performed last week, he still got banged up too. That offensive line, although it's been revamped, has been leaky. So if the Giants could get some semblance of a pass rush, I like this game to be close. But the Giants are going to play keep away. Uh, even with Saquon Barkley out, they're going to make an emphasis to run the ball. Um, you saw they did that all of last year with Saquon Barkley out. They were just rotating guys like, um, you know, Alfred Morris was in there. And, and now Devontae Booker is obviously an upgrade over these guys. But 
I think they find a way to keep it close. I think they ultimately lose, but I think they they lose in just a sloppy game. 27-20 Chiefs win, but I think the Giants cover the plus 10. Um, I've been bad betting against my team, so let's hope I turn the trend around while betting on my team. But as you guys know what to do, fade, fade, fade. I'm 4-8 and eight this year, and there's a reason why you're all very profitable right now. Yeah, I, I actually, I like those picks, and I think the fact that you took the analytics out of it might suit you. Oh, I could, get, um, I could throw some DVOA nah, stats in No, I don't think there. you nope. should. I, I think that's why you're 4-8, <laughs> and eight, uh, whatever you are. But um, that's all. Uh, we thank you all for tuning in every week. Uh, it's it, We're having a blast. Uh, we love the feedback, and hopefully this nice fall weather that has been upon us that we've been waiting for for weeks continues i've been sleeping with the window open every single night let it all hang out oh yeah uh but anyway as we always do have a nice weekend have a few pops make sure you enjoy that corn and get yourself a comfortable seat on sunday we will see you next week outro (laughs) 